Claudine Hemingway is a descendant of famed writer Ernest Hemingway. We bumped into each other at a party and decided to team up and dive deep into French history, but with a twist, by bringing a spotlight to those lesser-known creatives in France. This is History with a Hemingway. Welcome back to Paris History Avenue a Hemingway. We are continuing our holiday special. We want to teach you guys all about the European markets, the fun to be had in Europe during the seasonal Christmas holidays, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you're celebrating. There's a lot going on. And Claudine is here to tell us more. We do have some fun ones. And these, uh, the ones we're going to talk about a couple more little traditions. Um, so you can figure out, you know, know why they came. And these are the some of the good ones because this one's all about the food. Um, and then we'll tell you about some great things to do because nobody does Christmas like they do in Europe. It's very true. I love Christmas in Europe. And I'm actually home right now for the holidays. And I keep thinking, man, this is nothing like what we're doing over there. Because I'm looking for stuff and I'm not finding it. It's like, oh, here's the Christmas tree in front of the White House. We could do better, guys. Come on. I know. We could do better. Stuff. Yeah. So it's pretty great. It's it's pretty. It's my first time being here at Christmas because last year I was stuck someplace else. And I am trying to live it up to the most and find a little bit of something Christmassy every day. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, make sure you do because I'm sharing a little bit of Christmas every day. Yes. And check out all these beautiful photos and videos she's posting so you can travel virtually if you're stuck in a non-Christmassy European <laughs> market. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the first one, and you could kind of, this is a fun one because you could kind of do this on your own. And I think you should do this. And it is uh, about the many pastries that you have. And this is, you know, it'd be that, you know, Paris, one thing about the, you know, Paris that my grandmother loved was because there were so many patisseries and pastries and that was her favorite thing. And when I would come, she'd say, oh, did you have all the pastries for me? I do love them. But, you know, give me a platter of cheese any day. I'd, I'd love that even more. So, but now I'm trying to have lots more pastries, you know, for, you know, up for my grandma. Uh, <laughs> the pastries are the top with the top of our list. Um, I could even have had said, like, I just sat down and met with Marie Antoinette and she would just want to know what kind of, you know, pastry I ate. Um, but this one little tradition that you do on Christmas Eve, and it's a more of a thing that they do down in Provence in the south of France. But I think this is a perfect thing that anybody could add in to their celebration, you know, because in Italy, it's all about the feast of the fishes. The, the What is it? The seven fishes or 13 fishes or whatever it is. This is the 13 desserts of Christmas. Way better than fish. Oh, yeah, definitely. Who wants to have fish that many days? <laughs> Who wants that? Well, have that many fish in one night. <laughs> yeah, no, no, thank you. So it's 13 desserts because it's supposed to represent Jesus and the 12 apostles. Um, and so but before you stop read, you know, stop reading and book your flight to, you know, Provence. Um, there's also all of these. They're not all rich, rich amazing pastry filled desserts. So they vary from town to town that you go to, but would include a versions of nuts, fruits, and specialties of the region, including um, pieces that represent faith. The first four items represent the four monastic communities, walnuts for St. Augustine, almonds for the Carmelites, raisins for the Dominicans, and dry figs for the Franciscans. I mean, raisins, you kind of lost me on <laughs> this being dessert. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not uh, times were different, right? Yeah. That was a luxury. 
that was a luxury. Next comes the uh, uh, the olive oil infused flatbreads eaten with great jam. Two different kinds of nougats, nougat de Montelimar and white nougat symbolizing the, the good with pistachios, pine nuts, and hazelnuts. And black nougat that represents the evil with caramelized honey cooked with almonds. I mean, that one sounds actually the best. The bulk of these 13 desserts included dry plums, dates, quince fruit paste, candy melons, pan de pice, um, caisson d'ex de Provence, which is um, these little tiny kind of eye-shaped cookies that are marzipan and then they're coated with a kind of almost like a royal icing that has different flavors. So sometimes it could be like raspberry and stuff. My grandma loved marzipan, so I'd always bring these. And we just went to Cassie down into the south of France a couple weeks ago. And this was like they were known um, in that whole area for those. So it was kind of fun to see that. But it finishes with seasonal fruits. It all ends with a bush de Noel and the desserts are left on the table for three days for people to pick at it. But I say go ahead and do this, but make it like 13. So like you have, you know, the uh, meal foy and you have the gâteau saint honoré and you do it all of this stuff with all of the delicious pastry cream and all the good stuff. You're making me hungry. I know. So I think you should do it. So the next thing has another number and it's the 12 days of Christmas. And everybody thinks, and I see people even doing this now, counting down and saying this is the 12 days of Christmas. What most people don't know is that the 12 days of Christmas start, the first day of Christmas is actually Christmas. Wait, what? Yeah, well, it actually starts the day after. So the first, so you have Christmas, then you have the 12 days of Christmas. So the first day starts December 26th. So it has nothing to do with turtle doves. And I just recently watched this thing where it was some funny thing on Instagram where the guy was saying, like, dude, why with all the birds, everything, and even when they say five golden rings, which it's like, oh, good, now I finally got some jewelry out of this, five golden rings are actually another bird. Wait, what? Yeah, so the 12 days of Christmas, you know, the turtle dove and a partridge and a pear tree, all those things, you're basically giving away, like, you know, birds. I mean, that's so boring. <laughs> It's so boring. I mean, you have the like, you know, whatever, the ladies dancing, the pipers piping. And every year they always do a thing where they say, if you bought that for somebody, this is how much it would cost you. But I don't know. I mean, the bird thing, like what's any good buddy going to do at the end of it when they have like 40 different birds? <laughs> what are you going to do with all those birds? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess you could maybe maybe that's when they should have done a thing where it was like the 12 birds of Christmas Eve <laughs> they, they cook. <laughs> Maybe that should have been a thing. Um, but it goes back to the year 567 and the Council of Tours proclaimed the period between Christmas and the Feast of the Epiphany would be the 12 days of Christmas. This is, we'll have more about the Epiphany here in a minute, but it's in the Ethan Eastern Orthodox religion that the 12 days in between were the feast days starting with St. Etienne on the 26th and ending with St. Sylvester on the 31st and the Virgin Mary on the 1st. And some in Paris and the French, they a lot of times don't say, they don't celebrate New Year's, they celebrate St. Sylvester. That what? Which is 31st, yeah. Ah. There, so there's, there is a one story for each line of the 12 days of Christmas. It's somehow related to the Bible and a code to teach people. Some people think of it as conspiracy theory. Christianity uh, in places are not completely open 
to what some of those things mean. And so it's kind of one of those things, like maybe it's, you know, like a Da Vinci Code, Dan Brown kind of thing on the side. But maybe this means that there should just be 12 days of presence that you have between after Christmas. So you have Christmas. So you technically get 13 days of presence. I like that plan. Yeah. So but as for the song, which is what everybody really knows about this, um, it first appeared in 1780 in a British book called Mirth Without Mischief as a poem, but it was my, most likely much older than that in French in order, of course. It was set to music until um, in the 20th century, and it still sticks with us forever. Everybody, I think, knows that song. Um, also, in some places, it's still okay to keep your Christmas tree up at that point so a lot of places you know like in the u.s it always be new year's day that would always be like okay that's time to take the christmas tree down in france like usually i tell people they're like oh i'd love to go to paris at christmas i'm like just go at valentine's day half the stuff is still up yeah i like that they keep it up i know i mean i do like it but at some point it's like all right already let's move on Yeah, I'm kind of obsessed with the holidays. I put my Christmas tree up on like November 1st. <laughs> I, was I like, just, I, yeah, I love that. I wanted to do that, but then I just this year decided because my grandma's birthday is December 4th. She would have been 101 years this year. This is the second birthday that we've had without her. And she loved Christmas so much. She loved decorating for Christmas. At some one point, my grandpa would just leave and go down to the beach house because he was afraid if he sat too long my grandma would cover him with the lights or ribbons because she just would decorate every single surface that she could because she loved it so much so this year when I was so sad because it was her birthday and it's 20 days before Christmas so I thought this is perfect I'm going to start a new tradition where every year on December 4th I go get my tree and decorate it because there's nothing that she would love more than that I think that's a great way to celebrate her. Like, that's such a good idea. Yeah. So it was very fun. I went and found the tree and I moved, you know, I had so many ornaments that she had given me and I had her ornaments, but I really had to only pick about 20 of them to move with me. Um, And so I had those. And so instead of like, I started the day, it ended the day in tears, but in the middle of the day, I was really happy and having a good time decorating the tree. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's how it goes, right? It's like, it is kind of how it goes, right? Yeah. And I really, really wanted this red flocked tree that I saw on the street years ago. And I was like, I'm finding my red flocked tree. I've thought about it for two years. And then I had looked for it for a while and then I gave up and I was like, I just went, we went around the corner and found one that was about a block from my apartment. I was like, this is perfect. (laughs) You should ask Louis Vuitton. I'm sure they have a red tree. (laughs) I know. Yeah, I should see if they can hook me up maybe next year. But it's, uh, you know, those fun little traditions. But, you know, we pro- will probably take it down on January 1st because it's they don't. The weirdest thing about the Christmas trees here is they don't put them in water. Yeah, it seems like a real fire hazard. But what I did notice, because they also uh, for everybody that doesn't know, they just take basically a stump and they slice it in half. So one side of it's flat to the ground and then they drill a hole in it and they just stick the tree in it. But what I did notice is from the second I got that tree, it is so soft and so healthy that it is way healthier. And I lived in Oregon, which is like the Christmas tree capital of like North America, like more Christmas trees are are, I think, grown and sold from Oregon to anywhere else in the United States. And you could go and get a tree that you even chopped down yourself and it was dried out. That 
is crazy. <laughs> and the tree I have, like I'm literally reaching over because it's right next to my desk and I've had it for, you know, seven days now and it's still so soft. I, I wonder why. I don't know, but it's so weird because it's like, what do you, what do you, like all you hear in America is like water the tree. It's a fire hazard. Don't leave the lights on here. They're like, yeah. what water? we don't need water. Yeah. They literally just put the stump on another stump and they're like, there you yeah. go. That's it's it. good to go. <laughs> it's very, very bizarre. And the trees are like, they're not like groomed. So it is kind of fun. It's kind of a very fun, you know, it's not like this perfect tree that's perfectly shaped. And, you know, it's just like, oh, and then it's all bound up when you get it. You're like, man, that's about the height I want. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. It is really weird. But it is funny that the tree actually feels much better. Then, but I'm sure and then it's fun because you will see up and from January till even June or July, you will still find every once in a while a random, very, very old dried up tree on the street in June waiting for the garbage collector. I know I kind of love it. And I love when you see people throw them out their windows. <laughs> it's hard to I, take. Well, I just wonder where did you have that? I mean, I, my apartment is tiny. I am not going to have my old shriveled up tree sitting here for one second longer than I need it to be and having to move past it every day. Like what, where do they put these that they hold on to them for six months? Yeah, it's a very good question. <laughs> There's a lot of questions to it, but our friend Emily at the real Emily in Paris, she loves to find them. And so anytime we find them, you have to tag her in it because you're like, hey, it's July 12th. I just found a tree on the Boulevard Saint-Germain. <laughs> I know I've had a couple of friends throw them out the window and uh, just be like, oh, the trash is coming. Boom. <laughs> you can't drag them oh. down the steps. <laughs> that Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll be like, yeah, you, that's your job. You're going to take it downstairs. <laughs> yeah, seriously, don't kill anybody. <laughs> don't kill anybody the way down. But most people here, it is funny because they do not take, they are in no hurry to take down Christmas lights or Christmas decorations or Christmas trees here. And it is actually pretty great because it is such a fun, festive way. Um, but the, we'll have more on that in a second. But the 12 days of Christmas, we said it ends with the Epiphany. And so on January 6th, that's a celebration of the Epiphany. It marks the visit of the Magi or the Three Kings when they brought the gifts to Christ. Um, it's a conclusion of the 12 days of Christmas, of course. Um, that ends the night before. But more importantly, it's all about the French pastry known as the Galette des Rois. It uh, celebrates the epiphany with the Galette goes back to the 16th century, but fell in and out of popularity in the 17th century when the priests of Saint-Germain and Louis XIV considered it a pagan ritual. Nevertheless, the people could not be parted with their pastries for long. They decided to create a one that was called the Fête de Bon Voisage or the Neighboring um, Relations Day. And when the king of royalty suck in, st sunk into poverty during the French Revolution, it became the Gâteau uh, de la Qualité <laughs> or the Equality Cake, of course. Um, but it is a pretty fantastic tradition. Um, you, the person in Paris, in no northern France, it is always created with a flaky puff pastry filled with an almond frangipan, and hidden inside is a lucky charm called the fev. So the tradition goes that when you have one of these, and you could get them in all sizes, like I even, you know, got one that was just a little tiny one. I've gotten a little tiny one to take to friends. Um, to their restaurants, um, but you could get big, huge ones too. And so how it goes is the youngest person that's in the room is supposed to get underneath the table 
and they call out who gets the first slices. So they'll say, you know, the first slice goes to this person, this person, because it has to be kind of anonymous to see who gets the charm. And so whoever gets the fev or the charm, they get to wear the crown for the day. And they usually always sell them with this little paper crown. Um, and they get to be the crown for the day. They, they get to be the king or the queen for the day. Um, I decided that I like to celebrate mine with a tiara. And so I had a very fancy tiara, which I don't have anymore. Um, but I would make the galette de wah and I would make it for myself and wear my tiara too. <laughs> I think that's the perfect way to celebrate. I'm always afraid of accidentally biting down on the little toy. I'm like, oh, I don't want to crack a tooth. So yeah, I kind of scary. I kind of tell people to like once you get your slice to kind of stab it a bit with your fork. Yeah, it's kind of um, a dangerous cake. <laughs> it is. And what was I got one one time and I was here and you could buy. I mean, these these will be in the grocery stores all over the place right after the beginning of the year. You could even buy them at the grocery stores. But, you know, here you go to a bakery and they'll sell them for a week. So it'll basically be all of January. You could get these. So if you're not coming to Paris, you come like January 10th. Don't worry. You could still get one of these great things. But one time I bought one and it was kind of a smaller one. And I took it over to Le Vent Comtois. And my good friend Sylvain and Oscar were there. And so I brought it and we cut it up. And Sylvain instantly noticed that that where the Feb was. And that was the one piece he gave to Oscar. And so we were sitting there watching him and Oscar is just eating it. And he goes back into the kitchen. He comes back out. And then we were like looking at him. We're like, so what was it? And he was like, what was what? We were like, what was the Feb? What was because they're all they're these cute little shapes, like these little pottery pieces. And he, he must have swallowed it. Because he, we never saw it. <laughs> oh, I wonder how often that happens. I don't know. I mean, they're usually a good three quarters of an inch long. I mean, they're kind of, they're not tiny, but we still laugh about that one. And it was probably like five years ago because it didn't fall out. It wasn't on the floor. It wasn't anywhere. And so we're like, did you swallow it? Probably. <laughs> probably. But it is a really fun tradition. And if you like almond and it's frangipan is very close to marzipan. It's just a little bit um, lighter and it's really delicious. And when I was a kid, my great grandmother used to always make this angel food um, cake and she would uh, take coins like dimes and nickels and quarters and wrap them in tinfoil and mix them into the cake and cook them into the cake. And then it was always really exciting because you'd find these little lumpy <laughs> tinfoil pieces and you would have it have money in there and it oh was always god. very exciting <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and then but she as she got older when she was my great-grandma lived to be almost 104 and when she was about 100 years old she still made this cake and then she just didn't even bother wrapping the coins and so she just, we, just had these, we were like oh great my grandpa Thanks, would grandma. Like, they're cooked out just eat it and we're like okay <laughs> cooked all the germs out of those coins cooked out all the germs but it is a really fun tradition and already i was like oh i can't wait to have uh, the galatoa but there's so many fun things and as we were saying you know europe the way that they do christmas um and just the other day we were um doing a live video with the about the christmas lights and Alex was asking me, you know, what it was, what's it like in, you know, or Portland from where I'm from. And I'm like, it's not like this. They don't do that. I go, we have like one little street called Peacock Lane and they go over and above. And it's like crazy, like Christmas vacation, kind of every house is like that. 
but that's it. I go, they just don't, you don't, you don't see many houses or areas decorated. They don't decorate going across the street like they do here. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of magical to be here. Yeah, they really do go all out. And it's also fun to take the Eurostar just even for a night because London really goes oh, yeah. too with all the lights. And I mean, it's just Europe gets so festive. It's crazy. The markets, the lights. And it's almost surprising we don't do more of that here. I know it is kind of, you know, like the markets, you know, and there's so many markets in, in Paris. There's the big one in the Tuileries. It also has like the fair. And so you could do the huge um the huge Ferris wheel, which is, you know, even if you just go there to do that, because the view over the city is amazing. And of course they do that in the summer as well. Um, but you have that one, you have one that's just, there's one right by Saint-Germain um, that just goes up uh, uh, next to the church on Boulevard Saint-Germain. You could go there and get Vachot and you could get, you know, like a, they have little gifts that you could buy. And a lot of these, they have to be made in France, um, the things you buy. But there's also one like, in the little park right across from Notre Dame. And then there's the big one at La Défense. There's even one in Montmartre at the Place de Bess, right? Usually yeah, every year. There's one right at the exit to the Metro. It's a quite a small one, but it's really cool. Still. Yeah. But it's really fun. And so it's really fun to go there and you could, sometimes you could get, you know, tart filet and you could get like all these cheesy, you know, warm things that you want in the winter and hot chocolate and, and it's just, it's really fun. And then you could go out, you know, take the train and these places get really busy, but go out to Strasbourg and Colmar and that whole Alsace region, the closer you get to Germany. I mean, I think probably Germany takes the crown on the Christmas stuff. I mean, and so many of these traditions are kind of based in German traditions, um, but there's so many fun places to go. But you know, the one thing I haven't seen here, a Santa Claus or yeah. Santa Claus. I remember one time when my parents came to visit Paris for the holidays, we went to Gallery Lafayette and they had the Santa there that usually does pictures or hangs out. And he was in the cafeteria having lunch (laughs) (laughs) and he was drinking wine, like eating some duck. And my mom was like losing her mind, wanting to go say hi to this guy and take a picture with him. I was like, leave Santa alone. He's trying to enjoy his wine. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's it's funny, though, because I was like, I haven't seen anything where they're, you know, in the US, you have the Santa at the mall. And when I did events, that was like, you know, December was the death of me because every weekend I'd have breakfast with Santa and I'd have it at four or five locations. But I did have the greatest Santa in the world, Santa Phil, who sadly passed away last year in December which was you know so fitting that I was like if he's gonna go go in December but he was just the sweetest nicest man and and I would oh he looked like Santa and it you know and I became good friends with him but every time I'd see him I'd be like he Santa like you would just be like I believe again for a moment that this is a real thing but you know you don't see that here I don't know if they just you don't have that where they don't take kids to go see Santa but they do have it where you write a letter and then they will send you a response and you could do it from anywhere in the world and you actually will get a response from Santa Claus. I mean, that's super cute. It There's super so cute. many ways to get festive. And if you can't jump on a plane and come to Europe, then uh, join Claudine for her holiday uh, walks around Paris. Check out her live videos. And there's still ways to get festive. Yeah. And next year, if you come, we'll do a whole thing in a dechavo. We'll, we'll drive you around the city for two or three hours and giving a whole tour of the city and sharing all the lights with you with some wine and champagne and goodies in the car, all sorts of fun things, because um, sometimes it's also very, very cold. 
And so doing it from inside a car with no heat is actually a great way to do it. Yeah, no heat. <laughs> There's no heat in the Dejavo, but it is fun. <laughs> we got blankets. We got blankets. Yes, we have blankets and, you know, we could pull over and get some more hot wine. I mean, when you're drinking that much hot wine, who feels the cold? You know, it's all exactly good. that's exactly it. But it is a beautiful time to be here. There's so many pretty fun things and so many fun traditions um, that it is uh, pretty great. And I'm pretty excited to be doing it for the first time this year. Exactly. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. We wish you a happy holiday and tune in next week. Thanks for listening today, guys. If you're interested in learning more about Claudine, her tours, history, and the beautiful photographs that she posts all over Instagram, tune into her website, ClaudineHemingway.com.